recorded live on the show floor at DTC in Boston. It's the MM&M Podcast in partnership with Populous Media. today's episode. We've been fortunate to have this kind of big bang moment where all of a sudden we just raised our hand and said, let us tell you, Mr. or Mrs. Brand Manager, how to spend in this new telehealth channel. And now the challenge is really to extend that and continue to be the sort of first mover in that space. Here's your host, Steve Madden. Hi, everyone. And welcome. You're listening to the MM&M podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm the general manager of MM&M, and I am on the show floor at DTC in Boston, uh, my hometown, if you didn't just hear that in my voice. My guest here today is Paul Tyson, the CEO of Populous Media. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Steve. Glad you're here. Uh, how's the show been going for you so far? Oh, it's going great. It's been really lively and uh, meeting lots of old faces and clients. It's been, uh, been terrific. Great. Um, That's what this is all about, the face-to-face stuff. Right. Yeah. No, we love it. So, Paul, tell me a little bit about yourself and about Populous Media. What are you and Populous all about? Sure. Uh, personally, my, my background, uh, I think it's a kind of a, a worn out term, but serial entrepreneur. I launched my first company back in the mid-90s and uh, have launched four since then. And I guess the good news is three of those four are still in business and thriving. Uh, but <laughs> Always a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. A pretty good batting record, I guess you'd say. And Populous is uh, the latest and greatest evolution for us. I mean, for me personally, it's the most rewarding really thing I've done in, in my career. And just to tell you a little bit about it. So in 2019, the founders, and I'll name them now just sure. to recognize them, uh, Raymond Rotolo, Satnam Gandhi, and, and Howard Seidman joined me in launching the company. And the vision back then was, could you take the concept of point of care media, meaning communicating with physicians and patients just before a a consultation, could you take that model and move it into the virtual world, which is really telehealth. And so we built the platform in stealth mode for six months. And the timing was ridiculous (laughs) because we launched it in February of 2020 when the whole world was just about to change. And little did we know, but it, it changed dramatically. And Um, the spike in telehealth from sort of 1% of the population using it regularly to over 60% by late 2020 was really the birth of populace. And it it proved out the model. It it drove, you know, great momentum. We went from sort of two pilot clients early in the year to about 45 uh, a year later. Wow. So you had uh, the mother of all proof cases. uh, We we did indeed. We did indeed, yeah. So in that... What have you learned so far? I mean, there, I, I know, talk a little bit, first of all, about like, okay, so you know, during the pandemic, uh, telehealth access and use was really high, right? Um, has it fallen, not back to earth, but has it settled into what you guys consider to be a steady state? Uh, yes. I mean, it's steady state, meaning it's, look, you can listen to different reports of how high or you know, how engagement is changing for telehealth. But essentially, it's very robust at 20 to 25% of all visits are now done virtually. Most physicians will tell you that 70% of their caseload workload could be done virtually. Uh, could, could be done. Could, could be done yes. virtually, not, not being done necessarily. Right. So the demand is still very strong. Consumers realized, wow, it's, it's so easy. It's less stress. I don't have to drive and wait and sit in a waiting room. 
Uh, Gen Z loves it because they're mobile first anyway. And um, it's really the health systems and the sort of underlying infrastructure of healthcare that needs to continue to evolve to be able to deliver that connected care, which is virtual. Um, but there's a lot of movement underway within the industry to change that. And it's, it's just, it's not that it changed overnight and now it, the evolution is done, right? The right. evolution is continuing. So talk a, bit, a little bit about that evolution. Yep. Like where, where is all of this headed? Well, the evolution is really, if you look at every major health system in, in the country, um, they all have virtual care as a key component of, of their growth. And the idea is that, look, doctors are overworked. A lot of them are stressed, obviously, especially through the pandemic. So what's, what can virtual care do for them, mm -hmm. for, for example? What it can do for them is take a lot of the routine care within primary care and make that more of a, um, take, take care of those tasks virtually through a virtual team, right? So it's putting the economics of virtual care to work for the physician so that he or she can focus on really the, the more urgent sort of chronic care cases that they need to take care of every day. Do you, uh, it, that's an interesting point, um, which leads into the next question. Do you guys focus more on the consumer side of it or do you focus on the HCP side of it? That's a good question, Steve. Uh, our legacy and our kind of origin story is DTC, focusing on the consumer. And we've been doing that now for three years, but like any medical visit or consultation, right? There's a doctor on one side and a, and a patient or consumer on the other. So we clearly have a path to an HCP business and product, and it's actually just launching this year. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. The scaling up of our business, which today represents approximately 30 million annualized virtual care visits a year. In other words, that's the addressable market that we currently have connectivity to, about 30 million visits a year. Every one of those visits has an HCP behind it, right? So when we brought on all of our partners, our telehealth partners, I'll tell you about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the first order of business was to build this DTC business back in 2019, offer pharma clients the ability to message patients before and after a telehealth visit. And now in phase two, we're building that same capability essentially messaging the doctor. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you know, walking around the show floor here and, you know, talking to other people, um, Populous is not the only player in this space. How are you different? Another great question. Uh, well, we're different because we're one of the few players that have really captured the connected care, virtual care uh, space and built uh, a marketplace. In other words, our business is built on the aggregation of today approximately 15 telehealth companies that integrate with our platform through an API and gives us the capability to deliver messages and content to their patients. And so you've got scale. So that scale, that's, that's building. We're adding one to two partners a month. And so as we go from sort of 25 million to 30 million annualized visits, we expect that to be at 50 million by the end of the year. Uh, that's very different than other companies in this space. So, for example, if you look at Point of Care Media, which is a bit of a, kind of where we came from, right. our genesis was Point of Care Media. If you look at that business, it's, um, it's the physical waiting room, right? And the difference there is really targetability. So, in other words, a patient walks into a neurology office in the brick-and-mortar world. 
uh, point of care media company can message them through billboards and uh, wallboards and and TVs and things like that. But you don't really know their audience. So you don't know who that person is. You don't know why they're there. Are they there for Parkinson's, epilepsy, or something else? In telehealth, you have all that data through one simple element, which is called reason for visit. So Steve comes into a telehealth visit. He's asked, oh, why are you here today? And he says, I'm here for a headache. I think it's a migraine. And that starts to drive that connection to the patient, understanding why they're there, which drives targetability. It's funny that you mentioned migraines in a telehealth visit. I do get do you have, mig- do you really I do get migraines, <laughs> and the last thing in the world when I have one. Sorry to hear that. The, the last thing I want to do is stare at a computer screen because yeah. I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking that's what's causing this thing in the <laughs> Could first be. place. Could so. be. Yeah, it's a it's a cycle. <laughs> yeah, but um, you've been growing this company. You had, you know, it sounds crazy to say that you had the good fortune to launch into the pandemic, but it it, it was sort of a once in a lifetime opportunity. But things have settled back down. You know. What are the challenges that you're facing? I mean, technology continues to evolve. The consumer continues to evolve. What are you up against? What are you dealing with right now that kind of stands between you and continued success? Good question. Yeah. For us, there's a whole world of opportunity out there with connected care, right? So for us as a small company, choosing your path is a challenge. I'd say number one. Number two, let's face it, pharma is a slow sales cycle. So we've been fortunate to have this kind of big bang moment where all of a sudden we just raised our hand and said, let us tell you, Mr. or Mrs. Brand Manager, how to spend in this new telehealth channel. And that's been terrific. And now the challenge is really to extend that and continue to be the the sort of first mover in that space. Mm-hmm. You had said that uh, you've got to choose your path. That's uh, I'd like to unpack that a little bit. What exactly do you mean by that? Right. So choosing the path means if you look at telehealth and connected care, there are so many opportunities. I mean, it's actually kind of a high class problem, if you will, <laughs> meaning um, there's no shortage of ideas on how you can build a business, provide value and create new products for pharma clients or non-endemic other clients as well, uh, leveraging telehealth. And so for us, it's just the challenge of, for even that simple one we talked about, which was what resources do you invest in DTC versus the HCP-facing product, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We were a little bit unusual in our early growth because after one year of being in business, we actually acquired a company called uh, Firefly XD, and we rebranded it as Custom Care. And it's essentially a digital path that's created uh, in a customized fashion in collaboration with the brand, which allows an interested consumer that shows interest in a condition or a medication to essentially go through this seamless path of a brief telehealth survey followed by, if medically appropriate, a visit with a physician right then and there, no scheduling. And then, again, if medically appropriate, onto the dispensing and prescription delivered to their mailbox or front door. And so that custom care product um, is, a, is a core piece of, of what we're building. And it's, again, when you talk about decision-making, it's decisions just around building a SaaS product, which is what custom care is, right. essentially. It's a subscription model for mm-hmm. pharma uh, versus media, virtual care media, which is bought typically on a, through an ad agency on an annual cycle. Very different business model. What, um, you know, so we've talked a little bit about the challenges, but what, what excites you about the future of, of telehealth? 
Well, I think it's no surprise that I'm extremely bullish on telehealth. Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, it's, it's obviously the future. I think if you talk to, uh, I don't know if you have kids, but my kids are in their early twenties and, um, for them, it's just, it's the first thing they turn to when it's, you know, the, um, time to think about healthcare, have an issue you need to address in your, in your life with healthcare is to, um, is to turn to telehealth just again, because of the ease, the convenience, uh, you look at the entire kind of around the table, the constituents who are invested in telehealth, payers, providers, doctors, consumers, uh, it's got a very positive uh, score, right? Right. Overall. And it's only going to grow because what you just said, you know, um, your user cohort, I'm not saying this across the board, but you just defined um, a very specific user cohort, people in their 20s, um, who just expect that initial engagement with almost anything, any type of consumption is is virtual. And that's only going to going to grow. Well, it is. I think this, um, this time of change is so amazing. So for, for us here sitting in 2023, we may not realize it, but we just experienced this most dramatic change of how healthcare is delivered just over a 24, 36 month period that I think in 10 years, we'll look back and say, wow, that was just an amazing time in our lifetime. That, That was the most dramatic change that we'll ever see in the delivery of healthcare. And it's not just, it's not just Gen Z. It's really every generate, it's every age group, every category is looking at telehealth. Now it's not for everything, right? but you, but you will find that telehealth now is being used, not just for cold and sniffles, not just for, you know, rashes and dermatology. It's being used across every category and condition. I'll give you an example is oncology patients. Uh, obviously in, in many cases are in a weakened state, physical state. Uh, their oncologist or physician is saying, look, let's do this. Let's alternate so that every other consultation that we have with you will be virtual. And then when you come in, you'll do your labs and your tests and things like that. Uh, Same thing is happening in endocrinology and diabetes, where patients are being given the opportunity to sort of make every other visit a virtual visit, reduces their kind of stress level and need to be in an office. And I think it must make uh, a physician's life so much easier um, for certain things to just to be able to handle it virtually, to handle patient visits virtually. It does. It does. Uh, I'm f- friendly with a pediatrician in Manhattan who, um, you know, during the pandemic switched to uh, five, six days a week in office to having one full day kind of rotational with the other partners in the practice, one full day at home for telehealth only. And it really changed her life because she has young children it reduced her stress. She found that she could be just as effective doing a full day of telehealth and um, just that, that kind of tweak in your daily, weekly schedule is, uh, makes a big difference. It sure does. So, Paul, what's next for Populous Media? Right. So, for us, uh, as we look to the future, we are building a connected care platform, uh, primarily for pharmaceutical clients that offers really a, a whole range of connectivity across telehealth. We're doing a couple things later this year, which are pretty exciting. We're launching an uh, enterprise version of our product suite, which essentially be a subscription model for pharma, where they can, for a m- monthly fee, get the entire product suite from patient acquisition, engagement, and activation something that's really never been done before. 
And then from all that, uh, we've built a pretty significant data business that we'll be launching a product from again later this year. So all of that is really reflected, I think, in the news that I guess I'll share with you without giving you all the details that we're actually changing the name of the company to something more progressive relative to technology and a little less around media. So stay tuned and I'll make the announcement on your next podcast. You know, you can't do it now. (laughs) I was just about to hit the drum roll effect. Yeah. We'll get together in a month or two and I'll, I'll share with you. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. Media rebranding. That's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Great. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining me. This is, uh, this has been really interesting. Thank you, Steve. Um, I appreciate it. I, uh, I, I wonder, uh, do you have a hologram in development? How did you know? <laughs> That's part of the rebranding. <laughs> Good guess. Anyway, Paul, thanks again thanks, for joining Steve. us. My guest has been Paul Tyson, the CEO of Populous Media for now, meaning not that Paul's leaving, but Populous Media is about to be rebranded, which is pretty exciting news. And we've been coming to you live from the show floor at DTC in Boston. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.